This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. You got a Bible, go with me to the 119th Psalm. The longest Psalm of them all is Psalm 119, so we'll go to 119. And you know, every one of our faith in this room is in direct relationship to the level of the Word of God that's in you. If you have no faith, it's because you probably hadn't been in the Word. And so to get your Word level up, you got to get into the Word. And when I get into the Word, it'll get my faith level up. And when I get my faith level up, it will cause me to come into an area of my life where I literally begin to believe the Word of God. Where I'll look and say, man, if that's what's in the Word of God, then I'm, I'm going to believe it. And probably like me in your life, I used to look at the things of God as foolishness. And I think, now why would anybody base their life on the Word of God? Well, you may not have everything, and you may not know everything. But you know what I found out? God does. God, He's got it. He's got it all together. And just as we sing, He's a perfect God. He's a good God. And so He even said in Hebrews 1.3 that He upholds all things by the word of His power. Just like that, he upholds everything by the word of his power. So again, we're illustrating the significance of the word of God. So we begin Psalm 119, verse 89. Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. It stands firm in heaven. The word of God is is, a spiritual law. It never changes. And you know, times may change. Seasons may change. People change, social customs change, human opinions change, philosophies change. But the Word of God, he said, will never change. Whatever goes on with people, it has no effect on the constancy of the Word of God. The Word of God is just like that. Never changes. Keep reading with me. Your faithfulness endures to all generations. It continues to all generations. It extends to all generations. You establish the earth and it abides. You establish the earth and it stands. It obeys. Now you think about that, how God established the earth. And, you know, most of us when we get up, we never think, well, I wonder if the sun's going to come up today. Duh, it's going to come up. And we never think, well, is the moon going to come out? And we don't go out tonight and we think, boy, I wonder if the stars are going to twinkle tonight. You know, God set everything in motion and it's all by what God did. You know, God tells the the trees when to be green and the grass. God tells the rivers which way to flow. He told the ocean how far it could transgress. And so this is what it's talking about, that he's faithful. And as faithful as it is tomorrow morning, the sun's going to come up. That's how faithful his word is. He goes on to say in verse 91, they, his word, continues this day according to your ordinances, your ordinary principles for all your servants. Now, God established his covenant here on the earth and everything he does here is determined by his covenant, his word, or his bond. And so when we consider a a person's word, we think of a person's integrity. And we think of a person's integrity, we think, well, will that person do what he says? Is that person's word good? 
In, in Proverbs 11 and 3, it says, the upright will be guided by their integrity. And so when we started talking about the integrity of the word, the integrity of the word doesn't change me because whom I'm, I'm around. In other words, it doesn't matter if I'm around my old classmates or I'm around the president. The word of God, I'm not going to change my integrity. The word of God does not change in my life because of life's pressures. I remain firm and I remain committed to the word of God. I live by the word of God because I know it's never going to change. You know, several years back now, I used to work for a, a, a big, big utility company. And we were always around real big water mains. I mean, tw- 24-inch water mains. And, you know, most of the, the water connections to your house are, are five-eighths or maybe an inch, about that big. These were 24-inch ones, and if you've ever seen an inch line breaks, you run for cover on an inch. If a 24-inch main uh, uh, leaks or explodes, you run for the the arc. It's it's that drastic. And so one day we were were tapping a 24-inch line, and by tapping that, you can't do that by hand. It takes so long, so you have to use these heavy hydraulic, lifts and they begin to put it in motion to cause that bit to go there and it would literally take three men to stabilize it so we're working this one day and ever so often you would have to adjust the bar and take it up and down to make the 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 bit go deeper well we wore these real expensive leather gloves and you know it's like any of us sometimes we have favorite gloves and they may be all tore up well i had a favorite pair that was really broke in But right here on the side of my hand, it had a hole in it. And so we're moving the lever down, and they're telling me it's good. Tighten it up. Well, right as I finish tightening it up, I turn to leave, and all of a sudden I realize that hole is caught up in that hydraulic lift. And so literally, I realize real quick, I'm running in circles. I'm going as fast as I can, and I'm jumping. And I understand that I have just a few seconds and that thing's going to snap my arm in half. And so I, I've been serving God for years and years and years of my life. And I start saying, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. And that's all that can come out of my mouth. And so there's a real big guy that worked with me. One of the strongest guys I've ever seen. And one of the toughest at that, too. I mean, if you whipped him, you're going to have to hit him in the head with a baseball bat. He was that way. He realizes what's going on. To this day, what took place down there... I believe it was the angels because he literally gets in there and he rips those leather gloves and he gets me out. So the machine's still working and going and we're sitting up on the side watching it and I looked at him, I said, are, are you all right? And he said, no, I'm not all right. I said, what's up, man? And he goes, that freaked me out, everything that just happened. He said, two things happened that I witnessed and he said, number one, The only thing that came out of your mouth for 30 seconds was the name of Jesus. He said, number two, what really freaks me out is he said, you never cussed. And I looked at him, and I realized what happens when the word of God gets on the inside of me. The integrity of the word of God. So when I put the word of God on the inside of me, the word of God's going to come out. You put the word in, it'll come out. You put garbage in, that's what's going to come out. So in saying this right here, a person's name is judged as good or bad based on whether he keeps his word. 
And in this situation, your name doesn't make you good. Your word makes you good. And it's the same with Father God. God's name is good because God's name can be trusted because his word is good. It's forever settled in heaven. It never changes is what he's telling us here. God said in Psalm 138, I magnify my word above my name. And so take this to the bank tonight. God's integrity is based on his word. And every day it's the same. Now turn with me to the book of Proverbs. Just go to your right there a little bit. Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3. And as you're turning there, integrity is something's proven. Integrity is proven over time. Well, you think about God. Again, God's proven over time. He's faithful from generation to generation to generation. You know, and I, I get excited about the things of God because when I read them, I, I realize that a lot of the saints of old, they live by this same book that me and you live by. It was their guide. It was their leading. It was their opportunity to say, you know what, I'm going to believe God. Proverbs 3, verse number 1. My son, do not forget my law, but let your heart keep my commandments for length of days and long life and peace they will add to you. What will? The words of the Bible. The word of God right here will bring you length of days and long life and peace, he said, when I obey the word of God. He says in verse 3, let not mercy and truth forsake you. One translation says, don't let loyalty and kindness forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablets of your heart. Get it on the inside of you, what he's telling me. Get it on the inside. And I hear the word, and I hear the word, and I keep living by the word. And he says in verse 4, And so find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart, and lean not unto your own understanding. In all your ways, and the word ways there means a road, means a course, a mode of action. And acknowledge him. The word knowledge there, acknowledge is a Hebrew word for yod. And it means by observation, by instruction, by investigation, by reflection. And in all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. God will straighten out the path of his devoted. He'll move in your life. But again, it's all centered around. Do I know the word of God? And do I obey the word of God? And when I begin to live this way, and it, it transforms me in every arena of my life. And I always get tickled when people make comments and say, well, I wish God said that stuff. I wish God told us how to do that or this. Well, he's told us about everything we need to do. It's right there in his word. And the word of God is like buried treasure. You're going to have to dig for it. And then not only do you dig with it or for it, you get that on the and you start allowing it to, to make everything in your life that you live that way. And you say, I'm going to live by the word of God. I'm going to trust you. Now, go back to your left to Deuteronomy 29. Deuteronomy 29. And I, I come across this verse not long ago. And it, it really moved my heart here. Man, I mean, it, it worked on the inside of me when I saw this. And so Deuteronomy chapter 29 Verse 9. Listen to what he says. Therefore, keep the words of this covenant. Keep the words of the covenant. 
Now, the only way I understand the covenant is I've got to know the Bible. It's one thing to know the Bible, okay, but that's not it. He says, therefore, keep the words of this covenant and do them. And do them. You know, I, I can have a lot of head knowledge. I can quote scripture this way, this way, this way. I can speak the Hebrew, the Shebrew, the homebrew, every one of those. But if I don't do the word of God, that's why James said in James 1, he said, don't only be hearers of the word, but be doers of the word of God. And so he's beginning to give me a little insight here. And so he says, do them, why? That you may prosper in all that you do. And so when I know the word and I do the word, I'll prosper in all that I do. Everything, every venue of my life. And, and when we talk about prosperity, it's just not money. Prosperity is such a wide range of things. But in this passage right here, the Lord is telling me and you, if you won't follow my word and obey my word and do my word, God's telling me and you, there's nothing he can do for me and you. He will not usurp his authority over your and mine free will. Now, he'll tell us, obey the word of God. That's the key. But how many of you, did God make you do that? Did God make you get saved? When you got born again, did he get you a headlock and say, you're getting saved today, boy? No. But what happens is the Holy Spirit begins to move in my life. Actually, John 8, 31, the Lord said that when we talk about the truth, if you remain in the truth, that the truth itself would set you free. When I remain in the truth, when I remain by the word of God, when I live by the word of God, when I said, you know what? My life is dictated by the word of God. You know, in, in, in 1 Peter 2, 2, it says, desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. The only way that spiritual growth begins to happen is when I get the word of God on the inside of me and then I begin to do it. And when I begin to do the word... There's huge, huge changes that'll take place in me. Oftentimes when you see people, their lives, man, they look like they got it all together as Christians. That didn't happen overnight. They begin to allow the word of God to shape the way they think, the way they speak, and it molds them. Now, at the end of, of verse 9 here in Deuteronomy, I want you to read this again. It says, when you do them, that you may prosper in all that you do. That word there, that last sentence where it says you may prosper in all that you do, it's cross-referenced into Joshua chapter 1. Now, you're about three pages away from Joshua 1. Let's go to Joshua 1, and I want us to see exactly what he's talking about, even in the area of prosperity, in this sense. And this is what he speaks to this guy named Joshua here, in Joshua 1. This is good right here. Joshua 1, verse 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. He's gone. He's out of here. Now, therefore, arise and go over this Jordan, you and all this people to the land which I'm giving to them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your feet will tread upon, I will give you, as I said to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. And as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. Now listen to what he says to him here. 
I will never leave you nor forsake you. Now, this is what God said to Joshua here. But you know that in, in um, Hebrews 13, 5, he says the same thing to me and you. He said, I'll, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. In other words, God says, I, I got your back. Now, when he tells him you're going to have to go to, to this, this new land, I'm telling you, Joshua's beginning to say, but Lord, I don't know what to, what's going to happen. I don't know what to expect. And God said, listen, buddy, don't worry about it. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. It's going to be okay. Verse 6, be strong and of good courage. Four different times in chapter 1, he makes that statement to him. He said, be strong and of good courage. For to this people you shall divide his inheritance, the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all that the law which Moses my servants commanded. Now it's interesting to him that he said, be strong and of good courage. And then he said, to do my word. You know, it takes people that become strong on the inside. Ephesians 6, 10 says, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. It takes people to be courageous to live by the word of God. And this is what he tells him. Now look at the rest of his instruction in verse 7. And do not turn away from it from the right hand or to the left. That you may prosper wherever you go. Now again, God's covenant here was God said, I want you to prosper. I want you to be blessed. And he hasn't changed. He still wants us to prosper in every venue of our life. And so the next verse is the key. You want to see how to prosper in this life? You want to see how to prosper in your job? You want to see how to prosper in your marriage? You want to see how to prosper with your children? Every venue of life. So we start in verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. Proverbs twenty-two eighteen says, For it is good to keep these sayings in your heart and always ready on your lips. So the first thing that he instructs us is you got to get the word. Where do you got to get the word? You got to get the word in your mouth and you got to get the word on your lips. And that's one of the way the word of God begins to come alive. When you talk about the spoken word of God, that's the rhema. And it's important that you begin to speak the word and you start speaking over your life what the word of God says. Too many times in our life we do just the opposite of what the word says. Proverbs 18, 21 says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And I believe most people's faith is short-circuited one inch below your nose. Right here. Right here. You control your mouth, you'll control everything. You read James chapter 3, starting in verse 1, you'll see all that play out. But it's important that you begin to speak the word of God. Now, I'm just going to throw this in here, just a little side note. I, it was a year ago at this time that the Lord said to me one day, he said, from now on, everything you say out of your mouth, hashtag it with this. And that's just the way I want it to be. Now, everything you begin to say, after you say it, say, and that's just the way I want it to be. My life is a mess, and that's just the way I want it to be. I never have any peace, and that's just the way I want it to be. My marriage is horrible, and that's just the way I want it. I don't have any friends, and that's just the way I want it to be. No one likes me, that's just the way I want it to be. 
Now, you keep saying that over yourself long enough, and you'll begin to say, you know what? That's not the way I want it to be. So I begin to change what I say, and I say, thank you, Father God, that I'm blessed in the city, coming in, and that's just the way I want it. I walk in divine health, and that's just the way I want it to be. And so again, I just begin to get the word of my God in my mouth, and I begin to agree with the word of God. And in Romans 4, 17, even, even God said to Abraham, he said, listen, dude, you've got to start calling those things that be not as though they are. Speak the word, speak the word, speak the word. So that was the first thing he said. The second thing he says, but you shall meditate in it. What's the it? The word of God. The word meditate means to recite over and over and over again. And he said, meditate on it in your, your, your mind day and night. And look what he ends with here. That you may observe To do according to all that's written in it. So when I begin to speak the word and I begin to meditate on the word before long, man, it puts everything in this cycle and I begin to do the word. And you say, well, what's so big about all that? Well, look at the last part of verse 8. Now, you can shout at this if you want. For then, for then... For after you've spoken the word, you've meditated on the word, and you've obeyed the word, then you will make your way prosperous, and you will have good success. Now, it's very interesting to me right there. God says, and then I'll make you have good success, and you'll prosper. He didn't say that. He said, then you, you. And so God's saying, here's my word. Get a hold of my word, and the byproduct of the word of God, you're going to get blessed. You're going to live successful. You're going to live prosperous. And you say, oh, pastor, it doesn't work for me. Oh, your situation's above the word. You're different than the rest of us. Now, none of us are any different. And so this becomes a key right here. Now, you're real close. Thumb back to, to Deuteronomy 28. Deuteronomy 28. I'm going to load you up with the word here tonight. Some of you say, well, you always do that. Yeah, that's all I know is the word of God. Thank goodness. If you didn't, you would see that I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed all the time. So thank God for the word. Deuteronomy 28, verse 8. The Lord will command the blessing on you. (laughs) The Lord will command. The Lord will order the blessing in your storehouses and in all to which you set your hand. And he will bless you in the land which the Lord your God has given you. The Lord will establish you as a holy people to himself, just as he sworn to you, if, if you keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways. Then all the people of the earth shall see that you are called by the name of the Lord, and they shall be afraid of you. And we'll begin having people look and say, I went to school with him. I know his history. I don't know how he's where he's at in his life. And you look at him and shrug and say, Jesus. It's just the Lord, the goodness of the Lord. Verse 10 or verse 11. And the Lord will grant you plenty of goods. Now listen to all this. In the fruit of your body. In the increase of your livestock. In the produce of your ground. In the Lord, on the land in which the Lord swore to your fathers to give you. The Lord will open to you his good treasure of the heavens to give the rain to your land in a season and to bless all the work of your hand. You shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. 
And the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. You shall be above only and not beneath. If you heed or obey or listen to the commandments of the Lord your God, which I commanded you today, and are careful to observe them, so shall you not turn aside from any of my words, which I command you this day, to the right or to the left, to go after other gods to serve them. Now, when we read this right here, prosperity is a byproduct of obeying the word of God. This is what happens. Deuteronomy 28, verses 1 through 14, are about the blessing. There's 69 verses in Deuteronomy 28. Verses 15 through 63 pertain to the curse. Read verse 15 with me here. But it shall come to pass, if you do not obey the voice of the Lord your God, to observe carefully all his commandments and his statutes, which I command you today, that all these curses will come upon you and overtake you. Why did he say I would experience the curse? Not because God's mad at me. Because I rejected his word. Because I didn't obey the word. So the byproduct of obeying the word of God is the blessing. The byproduct of not obeying the word of God is the curse. And the blessing literally means having supernatural power working for you. The curse means having supernatural power working against you. And so many times, you know what we do? We want to blame God. We, we get mad at God. God's, but the bottom line is, he told us what he's going to do. If I will obey the word of God, I can go through life and say, everything I put this little hand to do prospers. I'm blessed in the sea. I'm blessed in the field. I'm blessed coming in and going out. I'm the head, not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. I go over, not under, because you know what? I'm going to obey the word of God. Same chapter. Verse 45. Moreover, all these curses shall come upon you and pursue and overtake you until you are destroyed because you did not obey the voice of the Lord your God to keep his commandments and statutes when he commanded you. And they shall be upon you for a sign and wonder and on your descendants forever because you did not serve the Lord your God with joy and gladness of heart for the abundance of everything. Now, I know Christians that they, they serve God, but it's not with gladness. It's not with joy. If they smile, their face would crack. It's kind of like this. Ugh, so tough serving God. It's very hard. It's difficult. It's rough. It's so tough being a Christian. But it's interesting to me right here. He said that we can serve him with joy and the gladness of heart. We should be some of the most joyful people on the earth. I mean, we get so joyful, people would think, man, that dude's got to be high or he's got to be drunk to be acting that way. And you say, oh, no, there's no high like Jesus. There's no high like a Jesus high. Now, what began to happen in my life is I'm messed up as I can be. I'm a champion sinner, and my brother gets born again. And I begin to witness in my own life, my brother's got incredible joy and gladness upon him. And I begin to watch him, I begin to look and I think, how can he have that? And the only uh, denominator in that was Jesus in his life. 
And so then I begin to look at his life and I begin to look at my life and I realize, man, my life is a mess. I'm a mess. You know, in the prayer of Jabez, he said this, Lord, I pray today that you bless me indeed. You enlarge my territory. Your hand is upon me. You keep me from evil and I cause no pain. Well, you know what? I was causing pain, severe pain, pain to my own life. I was causing incredible pain to my mom and dad. I had great parents, but man, I was making a mess of their name. And so I begin to evaluate my life and I look and say, man, I'm, I'm on the course that I'm either going to be dead or I'm going to be in jail. There's no doubt in my life the way I'm headed. But then I look at my brother and I think, this guy's got gladness and joy. So what's going on here? It was Jesus. It was Jesus. And I tell you right now, I don't get up on Monday mornings and say, I hate Mondays. You know what? I look at Monday. It's just another day, just with a different title on it. But it's the day the Lord's made. I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. And it's an honor to serve God. And so we ought to be so grateful. We said, Lord, it's an honor to serve you. It's a, it's a joy to obey you, Lord. And something happens when I begin to live that way. Something happens. And so let me give you these five little things here I wrote down today. Fix your mind on the Word of God. Number one, I got to apply the Word of God personally. Personally, for me. How many of you have ever been in a church service and you say, Man, I wish Uncle Buck was here. He could really hear that. He really needs that. Well, the problem is, I probably need it as bad as Uncle Buck. Or even Sister Bucketmouth. Verse 2, ponder how the word applies to your life. How does this passage fit into my life? The third one, agree with what God's word says about you. And that's a very key one. Remember, i got to get the word in my, in my heart, my mind. One of the things I begin to do, Lord, or guys, I, I was such a mess. There were things in my life that had dominated me, Okay. And I'm a young believer, and and one day I come across Colossians 1, verses 12 and 13. It says that, Father God has qualified me to be a partaker of the inheritance in light. I got an inheritance set in light. And then in verse 13, he said, he's delivered me out of the power of darkness. And he's transferred me into the kingdom of light. So I begin to look at the word, and I looked at my own life, and I said, so how does that apply to me here? What's the darkness of my life? Well, man, I could give you a list, but I'll just give you one of them right now. It was alcohol just dominating me. So I looked and thought, he said that he's delivered me out of the power of darkness. He, he has delivered me out of the power. He didn't say, when we get to heaven, you're going to be delivered. He said, I've delivered you out of darkness. And so I said one day, I said, Lord, if you've delivered me out of darkness, that means you've delivered me out of the power and control and dominion of alcohol. And so I started saying, I thank you, Father God, in the name of Jesus. You've delivered me from alcohol. Alcohol has no dominion over me. And so I begin to say what God's word said, that I'm delivered from this. It didn't happen overnight, guys. Sometimes it will. Sometimes the word of God will kick in immediately. But over over my life, it was a course of a couple years. And I kept saying it and kept saying it. And you got to realize, a, a, a person that was used to drinking on a daily basis, I started going days and weeks in between. 
And before long, it was years. And before long, you know what I realized? I hadn't had a drink in 30-something years now. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> oh, i got to give you these last two. We've got to get out of here. Verse 4. See yourself for God sees you. You know how God sees you? He said in, in Revelations 12, 11, you overcome by the blood of the Lamb. You're an overcomer. Uh, uh, Romans 8, 37, he said, yay, in all these things, you're more than conquerors. So God sees you as more than a conqueror. Well, pastor, I don't see myself that way. Well, you got to start. And the last one is live by the integrity of the Word of God. Live by the Word. Just what I said earlier, the Word of God doesn't change. So I don't change. This is how the Word is. This is how the Word is. I'm going to live that way. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.